Hello, and welcome to Here's Johnny's Reviews. And wait, what's this? A piece of paper. It says, I know what you did last summer. Wait, what did I do last summer? Oh yes, the Fly franchise. Sorry mate, but I already done it. So I'm moving on. I'm not going to follow your horror movie. Tropes crap. Anyway, if you're interested in the Fly franchise, check my archives. Sorry for that ridiculous little skint, but anyway, hello and welcome to Here's Johnny's Reviews and my continued look at Summer Hits of 87, 97 and 2007. Check out my last week's entry, which was Dream Warriors. However, this week I'm looking at the Scream bandwagon jumping, although can you jump on your own bandwagon? Hmm, I know what you did last summer coming out less than a year after Scream and with a bunch of fresh-faced up-and-comers with a $70 million budget that made $72.2 million in America alone and having its own mini-franchise that gradually got worse as the movies went on. Please, I am begging you, stay away from I Will Always Noted Last Summer. That thing is just painful and will literally hurt you to watch. So here it is, the smarky horror before it was done to death. I know what you did last summer. Starring Jennifer Love Hewitt, Sarah Michelle Gellar, Ryan Filippi, Freddie Prince Jr., Johnny Galecki, and Anne Hesch, directed by Jim Gillespie. The plot. Four high school friends accidentally kill a fisherman late at night after drinking at a party. They cover up the crime. However, one year later, the fisherman is back to take revenge. Before I dive into the movie itself, I want to say this movie is based off a book, however, none of the events apart from the accident happened in the book and indeed the writer was annoyed with Hollywood for turning her book into a cheap slasher film, her words. Also, writer Kevin Williamson wrote this before Scream, however, couldn't get it picked up until after the success of Scream. And since this is a bare bones DVD, thank you very much, early noughties DVDs, I'll just jump straight into the movie before you shout, WHAT ARE YOU WAITING FOR? The movie opens up on a coastal town of North Carolina at sunset as a late 90s rock song plays. As we zoom onto a fisherman sitting on a cliff edge holding some sort of spinning charm, thinking about jumping to his death drunkenly. Just then, fireworks go off, which as we all know makes everything instantly better for the 4th of July. Maybe I should have covered this last month instead of doing American Pie franchise, but hey ho, check out my archives for the ones. During at the finale of a beauty contest in how very 90s, we're introduced to Helen Shivers, played by Sir Michelle Geller, Buffy the Vampire Slayer herself, as in the rafters, her friends Julie James, played by Jennifer Love Hewitt, the Ghost Whisperer herself, Ray Bronson, played by Freddie Prince Jr., uh, Fred from the Scooby-Doo live-action movies, and Sir Michelle's real-life husband, note they met on set, and Helen's loudmouth boyfriend, Barry Cox, played by Ryan Filippi, star of 54, and Crow and Ch- Tensions cheer her on. This scene is parodied in Scary Movie, a franchise I may indeed cover soon. She, of course, wins, and they party all night, spot Johnny Galecki as Max, star of Big Bang 3 and Roseanne. He's the bartender, and he's also sweet on Julie and gives her a free shot of something. However, she refuses to drink it because she doesn't like sugar. Also spot Bridget Wilson Sampras, Pete Sampras' wife, as Helen's older sister, Elsa, star of Mortal Kombat, a series I am covering in November. Anyway, Barry being a loudmouth douchebag jock takes offence to the geek Max hitting on Julie, so he throws him into the crowd and it's down to Ray to keep the peace. 
With that, they drive down to a private beach, a Dawson's Beach, and a nod to Dawson's Creek, written by Kevin Wilson. Mm. And Ray tells the urban legend of a hook hand killer. Of course, the teens have heard this legend many times and can't agree on how the story actually goes. And note, I may actually do the urban legend series soon also. I haven't seen this movie in a good 10 years and I forgot how these teens all talk like they do in Dawson's Creek. It's the one thing that makes me not go back to screen is Kevin Williamson's one way of writing teens that are all super smart and super snarky. So after some more blah blah bullshit, the two sets of teens make love on the beach as a terrible late 90s soft guitar rock song plays and the camera pulls out to the ocean. Once finished, all four teens decide to drink drive. Do not do this folks, get a taxi or indeed an Uber, hell call your purse, pick you up, call somebody to pick you up, do not drink and bloody drive. So anyway, they decide to drink drive up windy coastal roads in the pitch dark in a high-powered BMW. This of course pisses off douchebag Barry because the less drunk Ray drives his prized car until Helen pulls Barry into the back seat to do naughty things to her. So with Ray driving, the dickwad Barry acts like a typical drunk jock douchebag by standing on the back seat with his head out the sunroof screaming at the top of his lungs as awful rock music is blasted through the car stereo. Barry uh, drops his bottle of whiskey, which he finished earlier on the beach, but anyway, this thing magically reappears and refills onto Ray's lap, causing him to hit something and run it over. The fisherman from earlier, that is. So 15 minutes in, and that's all what actually happened. The rest is just slasher movie bullshit. Once spinning out of control, and... What is the first thing that Barry does? No, he doesn't look for whatever he hit or ask indeed how everybody in the car is. He shouts about the damage on his prized car and what a complete utter douchebag this guy actually is. So after douche nozzle, Barry wants to just drive off, Julie finds a bloodied Wellington boot. So freaks out after she finds the body. Again, Scary Movie parodies this scene perfectly. Instead of calling the police to report an incident, Barry bullies them on to covering up the crime by taking a body and dumping it into the sea. All but Julie agrees to this. Just before Ray can talk her into it, Max shows up in his pickup truck asking why the BMW is parked in the middle of the road before it lights off. She tells him it's because Barry felt carsick and didn't want to get vomit all over his shiny new BMW. And just to move on, everything is okay. And note, Ray is the only person that isn't rich Therefore, that's how he agrees to cover it up. So once again, in America, if you're rich, you can go with everything, including murder. So they drive down to the docks and dump the body. However, the fisherman is not dead and grabs Helen's crap-looking shell crown before sinking into the dark dock waters. Barry, who is still, quote, drunk, decides to dive into the water and get it. And have you ever seen a drunk person swimming? He drowns. Ugh, moving on. Then straight up threatens them all to keep it quiet. Again, what a fucking arsehole. One year later, at some unnamed college, Julie is typing up some reports as she's packed for the, for the summer. School's out for summer. As the sassy black roommate forces her to leave, and I notice how this is pretty much word for word, the same scene as it is in Scream 2 with Sydney and Halle. Mm, so Kevin Williamson is a one-trick pony then. Arriving home, she's greeted by her mother, who over dinner of fish, original, in a coastal town, fish, hmm, asks if she's on drugs, as Julie has went from happy-go-lucky girl next door to mopey-faced 90s chick 
she said, of course she is, no. And it turns out she's feeling college and is about to get kicked out. I guess the guilt is getting to her after all. Her mother then hands her a handwritten note. With no postage stamp, the note says, I know what did last summer, written in black sharpie with nondescript writing. That night, while sitting in her darkened bedroom obsessing over the note, she hears scratching at her window, so checks it out, but there's nothing there. Next morning, she tracks down Elsa, asking for Helen's New York address. See, she was supposed to be this big shot model actress before all this happened. And note, Sarah Michelle auditioned for a role of Julie, and Jennifer Love auditioned for a role of Helen, but the roles were reversed last minute. Turns out, Helen isn't in New York, but is a floor girl working for Daddy's shop under her jealous sister's thumb. So turns out Helen's big dream didn't happen for her, and she's now miserable working under her sister. Some bullshit about she went to New York but didn't happen for her. Why? I mean, doesn't it actually say. Julie shows her the note saying someone knows, as Elsa suspiciously silks in the background. Uh, with that, they track down Barry, and surprise, the cocky douche nozzle just shoots down the throat like it's nothing and refuses to listen to the girls. It turns out Julie found out who the fisherman was, a David Egan. And it was in the local papers, yet Helen hasn't heard of this one before. Mm. Barry talks the girls into tracking down Max and he goes to threaten him with a hook before sticking in a huge ice cube. And note that ice cubes weren't actual ice, but gelatin as ice was far too cold to work with. Finally, they track down Ray who now works on a fishing boats and didn't go to Los Angeles to become a writer. So the only person that is successful in life is the rich, selfish douchebag, Barry, who is the star quarterback in college, go figure. Helen and Barry walk off to leave Joey and Ray to awkwardly reconnect after they split up the previous summer. She tells them about the note saying Barry thinks it is Max, but she's not too very sure. It's here. A red herring is placed as Ray talks about how he's following his father's footsteps and becoming a fisherman. So with that, Julie runs off. In the ice room, Max is killed by the fisherman, dressed in a black slicker and hat, with a fish hook to the mouth and then boiled over the fish smoker. And why the hell did the killer kill Max? That night, Barry works out at a local gym to an awful song. Hush by Cool Shaker and just cannot stand that song. After his boxing workout, while in the showers, and why didn't he kill him in the showers, psycho style, Barry sees a shadow, so goes to check it out, finding a photo of his car, which is a Polaroid, with I know written on it. He also hears the charm spinner being flicked, so he looks round, finding the locker room empty. He goes back to his locker and finds his litman jacket has been stolen. So once getting dressed, he hears his car drive off, so chases after it, and why would the killer just wait for him to get dressed? Why not just steal the car and take it to the police and get them to swap it for DNA or blood. Mmm. Barry chases the car down thinking it's Max until the killer runs him over with it and then comes out of the car to show him the hook but doesn't kill him or even scratch him or even cut him with it. Why? So you're telling me this killer is not only running around wearing a rubber waterproof black slicker and hat with the green Wellington boots with an ice hook for a hand but he can drive in this ridiculous outfit and doesn't kill Barry twice. Fuck right off. At the hospital, the teens all gather to infight at Barry's, sorry, as Barry lies in bed. Barry tells him he couldn't see the killer's face as he was wearing a slicker, then throws doubt on Ray, saying doesn't Ray own a slicker. It is then pointed out that this is a coastal fishing town and everyone has a bloody slicker. Again, red motherfucking herring. Joey then begs Barry to let her go to the police 
here in threatening her again. Onto Joey and Helen tracking down their victim's sister on her laptop after finding out David Egan accidentally killed his girlfriend two years earlier. They go off into the country, or sticks as they call it, to find her, and here we meet Missy Egan, played by Anne Hesh, the star of The Cycle Remake, a franchise I covered last year. Check out my archives also on SoundCloud. And former partner of Ellen DeGeneres before she married Portia. Once inside the house, Joey quizzes Missy, and wouldn't you know it, she went to the same high school as... Helen's sister. Ooh. She also found out she has no family, as her father died years earlier. Her mother is a mental institute over David's death, and David was her only brother. There is, however, a black slicker hanging in the living room. However, it is pointed out earlier, this is a fishing town and slickers are everywhere, but this is in the middle of nowhere. Why the hell would she have a black slicker? They continue to pump her for information, and it works. She gives them the name of one of David's friends who visited her a few weeks after the incident. In fact, they dated however she didn't know his last name. All she knows him as Billy. And I should say, David Egan is played by Jonathan Quint, star of 54. And after all the information is given to her, they just run off. In the car, Joey expresses guilt, then tells Helen to look at what they did by killing one man. They have destroyed dozens of lives, including their own. Returning back home, Joey drops off Helen, outside her house, with her saying maybe David wanted to die. After all, the year earlier, he his girlfriend died in the exact same spot, but Joey coldly shuts her down, saying what makes you sleep at night, love. In her house, Helen is stopped by the fisherman as she gets dressed for bed, as creepily her sister creeps up behind her, telling her she's nothing but a pathetic wannabe model, and she's vain and narcissistic, as she is a former beauty contestant winner or a beauty queen even. Anyway, during the night the fisherman cuts her hair off and doesn't kill her. Why? I mean I get the fact that Helen was all about looks and hair but why not just slit her throat? Also she says soon written lipstick on her mirror which she smashes in freaking out fashion. She then calls Julie who drives over in her trunk. Julie hears scratching, so pulls over to check it out, finding a dead body with dozens of crabs crawling over it. She ditches the car and runs to Helen's when she returns with Helen and Barry, they find the trunk is completely empty. Joey freaks the fuck out with the famous What are you waiting for? line as she spins around hilariously. They all head back to Ray's house and surprise, Barry knocks him out with his cast arm. Yet more red herrings as Ray claims he has a note too. This pisses off the hothead Barry even more. Saying he was run over and left her dead, Helen lost her hair and Julie found a dead body in the back of her trunk but all he got was a fucking note. After yet more bickering, Julie tells both the boys about Missy's boyfriend, Billy Blue. And where the hell did he get Blue from? Missy said she didn't know the guy's second name. Just Billy. Helen points out that Elsa was the class of 92 so look through her yearbook. However, they don't find this Billy Blue. Julie comes to the dumb plan of taking Elsa's yearbook to Missy to ask her if she can recognise her former boyfriend, therefore IDing the killer. What the actual fuck movie? Ray points out this is stupid and tells them they should just disappear. Julie shoots this down and just heads off to Missy alone. During the farewell parade for Helen, note Sarah Michelle has a Buffy season 2 haircut. Barry is riding on her float and I don't think that would be allowed. Helen points out a fisherman, so Barry chases him down. A. It's pointed out there is dozens of 
fishermen's and slickers in this town as it's a fishing village. And B, what the fuck is Barry going to do smacking him with his cast arm? For God's sake. Back with Julie in the sticks, she returns to Missy's house, which is huge for such a hillbilly family. Missy comes at Julie with a boring knife, asking her what the fuck she's doing here. Back with Helen, on her float, she sees fishermen everywhere. No shit, love, this is a coastal fucking town. Until she finally sees one on top of the gym and he threatens her with a hook. Julie begs Missy to look over the yearbook to ID this Billy Blue. Then half confesses the truth about David's incident. That it wasn't David's death, rather. It was an incident, but it was murder. Missy tells her she knows he killed himself as he left a note. Missy shows her the note and it's the same handwriting and penmanship as the one Julie got earlier, therefore it was murder. Missy doesn't listen to Julie saying David doesn't have a tattoo on his arm and he did indeed kill himself. She then chases her off thinking that this will harm her life insurance money she got. Mm. Guess that's how you can afford this huge motherfucking house. Back with Helen and Barry at the beauty contest HQ. He tells her he'll be watching her from the rafters and she'll be perfectly fine. Also, half the town will be there as it is a beauty contest. With the sun setting, Julie races back to tell the others it, was, it wasn't David Egan they killed but someone else. And why does she have a cell phone in 1987? Come on, it's 1987, nobody has a cell phone. Mm -hmm. Hell, they had cell phones and bloody clueless and that was in 1995. Ugh, dear God. With both Helen and Barry bored watching the beauty contest, unbeknown to Barry, the fisherman is behind him and guts him as Helen sits on stage screaming for someone to help him. A cop shows up and he and Helen check out the rafters, finding nothing. And bullshit, there would be a huge pool of blood and guts and fuck knows what else, unless he did what they did in Scary Movie and clean up using a mop and bucket. The cop takes her home, decrowned of course, and sticks her in the back of the car, not believing the story she tells him of what happened last summer. Until, much like in Scream 2, he's killed and she's stuck in the back of the cop car. Again, Williamson is a one-trick pony, just copying ideas from Scream 2, and as I said earlier, this was written before Scream, therefore he had these kills in mind. It is just utterly fucking shameful. He even gets gutted like a fish, and I guess I explained that line from Scream, and he even cleans a hook in front of the, his victim. With Julie now home, she uses the internet to find out it isn't David, but David's girlfriend's father doing all the killing. Yet she still doesn't call anybody for help. Mm. Back with Helen running for her life to her dad's shop, with the fisherman slowly stalking after her. I guess you can't run for shit in a Wellington boots, mate. Hmm, sure thought that one through. She gets to the store where luckily her sister is working in the shop front and not the back. Helen pleads to be let in and much like Tommy takes his sweet time answering the door to Laurie in Halloween, Elsa takes forever to open the door. While Helen calls the cops, Elsa locks the back door. However, it's too late as a fisherman has snuck in. Elsa is next for a hook as she stands out and screamed for a good minute. What the fuck? Why did he kill her? She had nothing to do with this and indeed she didn't see his face. Why didn't the killer just knock her out or something, I mean for fuck's sake. So Helen unarmed looks for Elsa and it's here she's attacked and barely escapes the fisherman's hook. Running into the back of the store she finds Elsa's body and screams, then much like they do in Halloween H2O, there's a dumb waiter to escape. Helen barely escapes the fisherman's hook and much like her character in Scream 2, Cece, 
she's thrown off a roof coming to she runs down dark alleys and just as the fireworks start she's killed by the fisherman Julie runs to Ray's boat and explains to him this re- stupid ridiculous plot to this whodunit movie that they didn't kill David Egan but Ben Willis because he is the father of David's girlfriend Susie and Ben killed David. Okay, I've just went fucking cross-eyed. By the way, the fisherman Ben Willis is played by Muse Watson, star of NCIS, NCIS even. Ray, of course, doesn't believe this and why the fuck would you? He invites her on board his boat, but she says the boat is called Billy Blue and runs off into the helpful arms of a fisherman. As he clotheslines Ray, it knocks him out. She boards his boat, then finds a shrine to Susie, just as the fisherman casts off. She then also sees photographs of her and her friends of what they've done throughout that summer. They finally come face to face. She runs off, finding the boat drifting away from the dock, so instead of jumping into the water to swim to the dock, she just stands there and screams. As and on the docks, Ray comes to and uses a small boat to catch up with him. Again, instead of jumping overboard, Julie just decides to hide in the ice storage room. Why? Just as Ray catches up and boards the boat, he and a fisherman fight on deck. Meanwhile, down below, Julie finds her way in up to the top of the boat, just in time to distract Ray as a fisherman knocks him overboard with a hook blow to the face. Now, all alone, Julie is trapped in the bowels of the ship after running back down to hide. Luckily, Ray uses the ship's nets to climb aboard. Julie, uh, with nowhere to hide, as a fisherman breaks down the door, decides to hide in the ice room itself, in which she finds Helen and Barry's body. And why the fuck would a fisherman have the dead bodies on ice? Now, on board, Ray sneaks around the top of the boat, uses a hook on a rope to knock out the fisherman, and then swings down to safe Julie but he's knocked out yet again. What's this guy made of bloody paper? After a quick monologue, the fisherman goes for a kill. However, his hook is caught in some ropes. So Ray uses a pulley to hoist him in the air and it cuts off his hand. He then just swings around for a bit and falls into the water. Back on shore, the cops comb the ship for evidence and Julie tells Ray they didn't kill anyone at all. Yeah, love, you just hit somebody and run them over and then dump the body in the water. Therefore, that's manslaughter, sweetheart. That's still fucking a crime. Ray tells her the reason why he went to go see Missy is because he felt guilt over the murder and indeed, that's why he dated Missy for a few weeks then. Okay then. He then tells her he loves her then lies to the cops as to why the fisherman was after her. The trawling nets find a fisherman's hand and hook, but no body. The next summer, Joey is doing great in college. Even though four of her friends were killed, she was stalked and almost killed multiple times. Yeah, she was working perfectly fine my ass. As on the phone to Ray, who is now in New York, being a writer. How? She takes a shower, after which she finds another note written in black sharpie but this is a note to a pool party. She returns to the shower where in a mirror it says, I still know, written in the mist, as the fisherman jumps through the mirror, mirror even, as credits roll. So, that was I Know it Did Last Summer, a clone of Scream, even though this was written well before. Unscary, unintentionally hilarious, unoriginal, and the plot is just fucking ridiculous. A piss-poor Scooby-Doo mystery, three fisherman friends out of ten come back next week for my hundredth podcast and mystery movie 
Then for the rest of the month, I will be looking at Batman and Robin and The Mist. September is Hannibal Lecter, October is Halloween, my look at the first three Hellraiser movies. November is Nintendo movies, bad video game movies such as Mario Brothers and Mortal Kombat. December is Festive Funnies. Now don't forget to leave a like and comment on my SoundCloud. Follow me on Twitter at Here's Johnny's Pod and email me movie suggestions to Here's Johnny's Reviews at gmail.com. And check out my franchise podcasts of Mad Max, Star Wars, Resident Evil, Underworld and many more. Also check out my solo podcast of Scream, Halloween, Aliens and Rob Zombies H2. And a bye. And what are you waiting for? Get hooked on my podcast.